Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. We like board games. And beer. We decided to pair them, we think you should too. Welcome to Table Hops. Hey guys, welcome to the first bonus episode of the Table Hops podcast. Bonus. Today's episode, we're going to talk all about PAX Unplugged. Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is their second year. Mm-hmm. For all intents and purposes, it seems like they're going to keep doing it. Right. I heard some preliminary numbers. Uh, obviously, they won't release anything official. But I heard that the turnstile numbers, which is like total people in and out of the door, was about 40,000. Mm. Uh, doing some fancy event equation that I don't understand, its uh, actual attendance was probably closer to fifteen or 16,000, which... For a second year con, right. is crazy. It's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about things that we... Let's do a sandwich. So let's talk about something we liked, something we didn't like, and then something we liked. Sure. Right? Yeah. Something I liked. The gaming area was half of the convention. Yes. So, absolutely. So they, so they had... They took over... Well, I guess it was four halls, right? You're talking about the free gaming area. Yeah. So it was halls A through D, right? And halls uh, C and D were the vendor hall, and then A and B were the big gaming area. Right. And gaming area was open till midnight. When the vendor hall shut down at 6, they rolled in a big wall that Which, separated. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool to see. I kind of like watching that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there, there was never a time where I felt like, man, I can't find a table. I was always able to find a table. Yeah. I had to look for a little bit, but yeah, but found uh, one. Yeah, absolutely. There was never a time where I went to the game library and couldn't find something. Yep. They, they had a big selection. Um, and, you know, it, it didn't feel like like it was busy, but I never felt, like, claustrophobic. Right. Right. Absolutely. They, they had good space. And, and also, even though the vendor hall was decently crowded, they yep. had a lot of booths, they had in, intermittently open spaces where you could just, like, kind of take a breath and yeah. continue on. Yeah. The coolest thing about the gaming area, to, to me, was that they had different sections right okay oh so, yeah yeah so, so they had the big open gaming area then, then in the back they had the giant games area mm-hmm. where they had like giant Catan, giant root which i'd never seen before oh that looked cool oh my that god looked cool the social area which was super cool so they had a whole bunch they had an area just for social deduction games oh i actually didn't see that what yes yeah, yeah, so, so they were playing um like werewolf and salem and then blood on the clock tower which is the new gi- gigantic for no reason box i'm sure you saw it it's like two feet by two feet <laughs> it's like it's huge and you what do you put it in it you put it in these little tiny like pins oh boy and it's like why is this this big um but people are loving it and then they had a nice little learn to play area okay um where it was all the hot games from Essen. so Essen was back in early that's, november that's the german convention, yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's the big german big release con. time yeah. so they had all the 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 hits from Essen there okay and the cool, the thing that I thought was super cool, and, and I'd never seen before, is the convention had volunteers there that learned the games and could teach you how to play them. Right. Instead of normally, that's like something that like the vendors do. Right. right? Absolutely. But instead, but they had it on the floor. Yeah, Pax did it, and every row basically had a volunteer. Mm-hmm. So like, if you had a question or something, they could help you out. Right. I thought that was super cool, especially for some of the like heavier games that are there. Sure. Sure. Like there um, was a group playing Twilight Imperium next to us. Took oh, him six yeah. hours to do it. That wasn't in the learn to play area. Nope. <laughs> but <laughs> that's in the quit while you're ahead area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. What that was, was neat? What was I, your number uh, one? To to keep well, just just to play on yeah. what you were yeah, saying, yeah. I I liked how 
of course, you know, the vendors want to make the money. They want to release their product. But I liked how they put the emphasis on you're actually here to play games. So they had the open area to play the games. Yeah. They had to learn to play. And then downstairs, they had the unpub room where you could play games that were not released yet. Yeah, it was on the same floor. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was just in a different, different hall. Yeah, they had unpub. They had the classic cardboard. The classic cardboard? Super cool. I saw some games there I haven't yeah. seen in years. They had... Um, they had a learn to play, didn't they? Wasn't the learn to play in a separate... They had another learn to play in a separate room? Learned that that learn to play was actually so that was like a uh, uh, an event room. So you had to sign up for that. Yeah. So like like heavy cardboard. Oh, I learned to play yeah, yeah, in there yeah. for a route. Yeah. Okay. And Dice Tower did like Welcome to and Suburbia, I think. Okay. Oh yeah, they did have that. So that was like a separate. Won't, like, the won't event. you be my neighbor event? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then they had the LGBTQ mm-hmm. room. Yep. And uh, had a whole bunch of vendors inside there. That was cool. And then downstairs they had the tournament areas. Well, there was also Twist. Oh uh, yeah, they did. It. What, what was that all about? So I didn't Twist, go in there. Twist Gaming is they they stream board games. Oh um, okay. And so they they teamed up with a whole bunch of publishers, publishers including Keymaster. Hmm. Um, and so Keymaster was in there. Uh, people were like demoing off their games that are coming up, right? Okay. Um, and so they had that, and they had a whole bunch of raffles inside of there. Um, and then yeah, so then downstairs, basically the whole downstairs was tournament space sure is that what they had the miniatures too miniature games yeah yeah there were only miniatures games as tournaments as far as i oh, know it was only tournaments okay. yeah they did have a little bit of open play area but it wasn't like because i know they had all the i don't know what you call it just the terrain set up for that yeah like I'm the buildings sure that, and shit yeah, so i figured sure that was just that was tournament tournaments yeah oh, okay exactly um they did have the miniatures painting stuff yeah that there. was super fun yeah um so me and my wife did that First thing, because I just wanted to get a lay. You guys land. did a class though, right? Or like a... it was free paint. It oh, was free paint. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, so basically, you go down there. Uh, they give you the materials. They give you a free mini, and you just paint. And they have people that are they have people there that are very experienced painters. Right. And if you have questions, they're welcome. They'll teach you. Right. But generally, you're just doing it. And I met some really cool people there. Uh, and they were actually, uh, one of them, uh, Jen, coincidentally, was a very experienced painter. Mm-hmm. So she walked me through like how to do washes, how, oh, to, cool. do, how to do highlights and stuff. Dry brushing and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, she was really insightful and I, I learned how to do a bunch of stuff and That's I cool. made oh, I made Usador, the wizard. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that we saw it as much, but there was a lot of like magic going on and mm-hmm. a lot of like, you know, card game tournaments outside sure. of like the regular board game tournaments absolutely um did you participate in any tournaments i played keystone and i played magic in a uh, tournament? but uh well it was a it was a free okay uh, what do you call it it was called mini masters mini masters yeah. so in that you get a, a a pack and you get 15 lands and good luck you just shuffle them together and, and you play you yeah. yeah but it was all free yeah they had ultimate masters there too but i wasn't about to throw down for that yeah i played in a tournament okay I played in the Candyland tournament. Yes, you did. Were you the king of the Candyland? No, I lost. Oh, you're the bitch? <laughs> <laughs> so I won the first round. Okay. Um, and made it onto the uh, semifinals table. Mind you, there were 32 people in this tournament. Mm. 32. I lost in the quarterfinals. I, or semifinals. I lost terribly. Was, was somebody like dressed as the Candy King? <laughs> no, that would have made it so much better. Like You win, you win, but, sir. Uh, but come to find out, like, people do that. Candy? For Candyland? Candyland tournaments. Like, <sighs> I was like, man, like, I was doing this just to fill some time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it, I lost, but still had fun. It was uh, in the, the classic cardboard sure. room yeah, yeah. Um, by Tiki Tiki 
games. Yep, yep. And um, there was a couple of car, uh, classic cardboard. They they had a. I'm I'm kind of sad I didn't do this, but it would have been a lot. They had a 13 day to drive tournament. Oh wow! I didn't do it though. But but a, a lot of people bought that on the reprint. Uh, I saw a lot of people carrying that out. Now that's the 1313. No, no, it's the one I have. Oh, okay, but it, it's it's not exactly the same. Right, it's very close. Right. Yeah, so I, I, I thought all that stuff was great. You yeah. know, I think... There was always something to do, and they there was a lot of events happening at the same time. There was something for everybody. Yeah. I never felt like I was really missing out. Agreed. One thing I did not like... Let's go into the negs. So, there were two big things that stuck out to me mm-hmm. that were like, man, I wish that this would have been done better. Yep. And I was probably spoiled. Cause From I, Gen Con? Because I've been to Gen Con, and I've been to like Turtle Con okay. in North Carolina. I think I don't like events without tickets. Okay, fair enough. I think for me, at least, I only went to a few events, quote unquote, and those were just like panels. Okay. Yeah. All the other events, like any of the RPG stuff, I saw the line and I was like, nope, I'm, I'm good. I did the same thing. First of all, all the RPG lines were in one line. Which I found to be preposterous. Yeah, like, why Why am I going to stand in a... I, I want to play the level one Adventure League. Why yeah. am I in the same line as somebody else who's in the level three? Or any other RPG. Right, exactly. It made no sense to me. So I think that's one thing that they can improve. I, Gen Con does tickets for everything. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is kind of a pain because you have to have all your events set up, you know, at least, at least a couple months beforehand. Right. But you get the advantage of, you know what people are interested in. Events can get canceled as they need to be, you know. Yeah. Gen Con does the thing where even their event tickets, some of them don't cost anything. Right? You just need to actually get the ticket to, to actually fill have the it. spot. But the advantage of, like, there's some stuff that, like, costs, like, $3, right? Sure. Like, if you, for example, right, if you wanted to go play, like, Monarch, right, costs 2 bucks, but... That's two dollars that you're paying, and then you're probably going to show up because you paid money to do Dude, it. Dude, I'd pay two dollars not to stand in line. Right, exactly. So I, I think that's that's one huge thing for me is like I wanted to go to more events, right? But I was not. I was. I wasn't going to spend my con standing in lines. Mm-hmm. And and here's and and my neg is the same basically as yours is the way they do their cues because. I understand that, you know, people don't want to buy these tickets. They want to stand in line, but at the same time, they can do lines differently. And I think the only reason they didn't do lines that way is because they're understaffed. So, like, for instance, like you said with the RPGs, mm-hmm. I feel like they should have a D&D line. They should have a, uh, I did a, I wanted to do Zombie World, they did, right. a Zombie World line, a Cthulhu line. Right. A line for each specific RPG. Because I don't want to stand in this hour and a half line, because I showed up there, like, 30 minutes early and sure. I'm like I want to play this one RPG that no one's ever heard of oh stand in this D&D line I'm like well nope <laughs> right well and I think that's the advantage of tickets right yeah. is that it can be automated you don't need those lines right. because people know that well okay the majority of people know that I'm I can't line up for this right because it's probably going to be filled mm-hmm. um, the one thing that I hate to harp on it right but Gen Con does this right right where you can show up to an event and if somebody doesn't show up, you can buy their ticket with generic yeah, tickets. Take their spot. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. You want to fill the hole. And so you end up with somewhat of a line, yeah. right? But it's specifically at that table, right? And it's normally like one or two dudes because you're not going to be fighting over like, you have no idea how many yeah. spots It's there the are. same way that they do for, for airline flights. 
concerts. Yeah, exactly. A couple spots sense. at the end. Might as well fill them. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I felt a little bad because uh, my wife stood in line for the uh, the craft workshops. And she stood in line for over an hour because it was the same line for any of the workshops. Right. And the problem is if you're at the front of the line, you you sign up for the workshop you want. Oh, yeah. that workshop signed out? I'll sign up for the next one. And then eventually they're all sold out. Right. And or I, you can sign up for two or three at the same time. Yeah, and I guess that's good if, you know, like – it doesn't make you feel bad if you like you've been there for hours, whatever. But I don't know. It, it just seems like it seems like it can be done better. And I don't, I don't, I don't see how you can make a queue system work. Like a queue system for video games works, right? Because you're guaranteed to play at some point, right? Because it's just like you filter through it, right? right? But with a event thing like this, you might stay in line for no reason, right? You're gonna stay in line for an hour, and then oh. Well, sorry. Sorry. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It, it just, I understand that it's PAX and like PAX does cues and that's what they do. British people would argue against that. <laughs> Americans don't know how to queue. <laughs> but like, you know, I thought, I thought the, 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 once we found out where the theaters were, right. Which was another thing. Yeah. The, just, I'm going to harp on the same thing. I think it was kind of neat how they kind of put a little flavor in the names of the theaters with the Crab God and the Mothman. Yeah. They really should have stayed with Room A12 or whatever well, no, it was. The, the, problem was, the problem was on the back of your badge, mm-hmm. there was a map. And the map had different areas that were ch- that were like sectioned off Yep, that had letters. The letters did not match up to what the rooms were. Exactly. So Hall A... In the convention center was actually Hall F on, on your on Pax's letter. Correct. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with the goddamn letters <laughs> that the, the, the convention center gives you. And the other thing was, so the Mothman and the main theater mm-hmm. were that said third floor. Well, there's two different third floors in the yeah. convention center. Yeah. Um, so I spent 20 minutes trying to find the theater. Right. And, and do you ever feel like you went in a circle? Like, oh, yeah. I went down escalators that went up. <laughs> you know? I'm just walking on this escalator, not moving. Um, and, and here's the other thing. At first, when I went through that, I'm like, you know what it is? Is this a confusing, a confusing convention center? But then I thought, I'm like, I've been to two or three conventions at this exact same building and have never gotten lost yep. except for at this convention. Yep. And it's for exactly what you said. I'm looking for Hall C. I'm going to follow the built-in signs that say Hall C. Right. But it's not that Hall C. And if that's not the case, you need to have your own signage. Right. And it needs to be very clear. There was no signage for the theaters. There was not. Yeah. There was a guy you could ask. Yeah. You found it. But I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just stick with the letters that are there? Yeah. So my second con for the con oh two cons con con yeah is probably not a favorite but i i gotta say it the security was not not necessary here here's my problem i understand that you want you want to prevent stuff from happening sure i get it sure there were multiple days where i brought in game boxes that could have easily fit, you know, weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, or me. You could have hit me in the game box. <laughs> and, but they were never checked. Nope. Right? Nope. And instead, they, like, took this guy's X-Acto knife. Like, to open said boxes. <laughs> right. And so Saturday, right, 
that my, was a yeah my wife got there late and ended up spending standing in line for 45 minutes to yeah. get into the building i got there early and i stood in line for 20 minutes outside yeah so i i get where you're going i understand but at the same time if you're gonna do that you need to do it thoroughly yeah there right? needs to be a point to it yeah um if you're doing it just for the sake of doing it you know it's pointless and that was a pax decision not a philly con correct uh, that that was not a convention center decision that was a pax decision okay yeah i don't i don't understand it um i mean i understand security yeah but it was walking through like it and the other thing is they had like six metal detectors set up no more than two open at a time at least when i went yeah saturday they had to open them all up because they were just so busy okay um but the convention center just wasn't staff to take no, on that much and no. i think the other problem was everyone was coming in through the 12th street entrance well that's because all the signs had to go right there. exactly but if you went around the other entrance where the like the marriott is yep there was like nobody there nobody and that was the biggest area to yeah, go into exactly near the, the like autograph area right yeah, yeah exactly that's where i went every day after that because i'm like no one's here yeah um and again don't mean to harp on it but gen con doesn't do that Gen Con is, is and, and freely be, walking, right? And to to, I mean, it's quadruple the size. Yeah, like if they put in security to or you know security in there, that'd be crazy. Yeah. Now that being said, they do have a lot more security walking around. Oh, okay. You know, like they they don't have them at the doors, but they're like checking. I mean, they, the packs have like the the you know the dogs, right? There's dogs? I didn't see no dogs. Yeah, they had they had sniffing dogs. Sniffing dogs? Like bomb sniffing dogs. Bomb sniffing dogs. Yeah. Um and Gen Con does the same thing, but Gen Con also has like security walking through there. They have local police, like they have the whole nine. Okay. Um and yes, it would be tragic if something were to happen, right? Sure. But at the same time I I guess all I'm saying is if you're gonna do it. Do it right. Do it. Don't make me stand in line for an hour for you to like rustle through my backpack and then shoo me through. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. that's, that's they were going through the motions without. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, oh, I'm gonna feel down this. Oh, is this your cell phone? Yes, it's my cell phone. Okay, cool. It's in a gun shape. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- those are my two cons. Do you have yep. any other cons besides the signage, the inconvenient security? Nope. Uh, everything else was basically what I expected. All right. Here is my biggest pro for this convention. Biggest pro. Yep. Are you ready? I am so ready. My biggest pro for this convention is the simple fact that I can easily get through, like, going to a vendor, demoing a game. Oh, yeah. When I go to Gen Con and I want to demo a game... There is almost guaranteed to be a line. Oh, gotcha. And that's just because, like, I mean, all these people are going in, you know? Yeah. Like, when we went there Friday, when we were there when the hall opened, and there were, like, 30 of us. Yeah, they, they the, the vendors <laughs> outnumbered the patrons yeah, at exactly. that point. And I, I was, you know, I, I was used to Gen Con, and I was like, we get, Angel, we got to get there early. No, we gotta, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we're going to sit down, we're going to play games in line, and Angel's like, it's just us. You know? Here we are. Um. So we went in, we went right to the AEG booth, we got our stuff, we we came out, and people were still, like, setting up, it looked like. Yeah, no, yeah, it definitely felt like a you setting know? up day. Um, but 
we were able to go through and like actually demo games. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't the only time, oddly enough, there were two instances where we tried to demo a game and just there was no staff. Yep. So we, we they just had like the instruction book out, so we just sat down and read the book. And sometimes that's easier. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I th- I I th- I think that the simple fact that it's like it's the right size mm-hmm. to still be able to see like all the stuff. I mean, other than KeyForge. KeyForge is the. I was about to say that. That's the only time I'm like, oh, there's a long wait for this. Yep. Oh yeah, that and Catan. <laughs> Not joking. Everyone was waiting for Catan. Any of them. I'm like, I went to the. Yeah. I didn't see that. I was literally waiting in line. I'm like, I'm not waiting more than ten minutes. Was it just the giant Catan? No, the Catan with the with the no the Catan area. Oh, you mean the demo area? Yeah, yeah. In the vendor hall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But they had they had tons of Catan in the game library. Oh, but there was no person in a Catan shirt to tell me how to do it. <laughs> um, and I think honestly, like the fact that I could just sit down and demo something, yeah, led to me buying more stuff that I needed. True. To. True. You know, absolutely. Um, or that I plan to. Right. Um, what was your favorite vendor? Oh, that's a tough one. Okay, I. I you know what? And, and here's a. It, it might be a little bit of a cop out. Uh, my favorite vendor to interact with was actually AEG. Okay. And the reason was, besides one specific lady, every person who worked for AEG was like, "Thanks for hanging out." You know, here's our games. You know, what do you like? And they were always like communicating. You're talking about the volunteers. I guess they're volunteers. But no, even when I bought games from them. Yeah, most of those were volunteers. I guess they're volunteers, but they wanted to know what I thought. Yeah. They always asked me, like, which of our games do you like? You know, if you like this type of game, we can recommend this. Matt from. uh, Yeah, Ontario. Ontario. Yeah, from from Ottawa. (laughs) He lived like near the Rideau Canal. I'm like, I used to skate that when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 um, I think my favorite booth. Other than the little mishap I had was the Roxley Games booth. Okay, what did they Roxley? What did they make? Uh, Dice Run, Dice Dice Throne, Dice Throne. Oh, Dice. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was cool because both the designers were there, mm-hmm. um, both the lead designers. So every every character actually has a unique designer on it, um, which is kind of cool. That is really cool. Um, so these two designers design the system, and then these other okay. designers kind of build inside their world. Um. But everything was very well laid out. They had multiple tables. They had very knowledgeable people teaching this game. And the only problem I had was when I tried to pick up my game, they're like, you already picked it up. Oh, yeah. There's another <laughs> Stephen Cartwright. Um, so I wish they would have had that figured out. But I they it, figured it out, right? They, they, they figured, figured it out. out. Yeah. They took care of me. The, Are, is there only game Dice Throne? Is that their their big one? And that's it? Yes. That is their, that is their big their one. Their bread and butter. Yeah. Their Catan. <laughs> Um, season three is coming out next year. Oh, hype! Um, one booth I did find interesting. I can't remember the name of it, but it's that stoner game. Did you see that? They had a car in the middle of the convention center. No, you didn't see this. Maybe I did. It was, was right. It was right by. <laughs> it was right by Roxley. Okay. And they had a. Uh, I think it was a Honda Civic, right? Like an old like '90s Honda Civic, and they had it fogged up, so it was all fog machined, and it was like billowing out. How did you not see this? <laughs> did I not see this. Um, yeah, we'll 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 have to post some pictures up oh on, on Instagram. Maybe I was in a wormwood table. <laughs> they just wormwood was right next to it too. It was the tables, man. It was the tables. It was the yeah. tables. I didn't see this fogging, fucking, um, ta- uh, car. 
So uh, I, I I think as we talked about, right? So I I picked up Dice Throne season two. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so good, mm-hmm. right? So I, I bought the entire. It is very good. I love that game. I bought the bought the entire battle chest. Totally worth it. Um, which in case you haven't seen it, all the characters come in these little game trays that you slide out, kind of like a little VHS library selector. Yep. And they made the boards. Trifold. Yeah, the boards are trifold now, and they have art on them. They're very well produced. My bet, my favorite thing about that is the marbled dice. Yeah, they look really. The marble cool. dice look really they cool. Really, really cool. Um, the cards are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, I wish that they would have done unique backs, but I get it. Right. Like Production you got to cut cut it somewhere. I'd rather they do you uh, the same backs and have the cool. Yeah, the cool art on the front is is well, no, that and just the little sl- the 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 container. Well, even like so, the card art, right? So card art in season one was very flat. It was just the color of whatever phase it was. Sure, but now they have unique pictures for each of them. Um, it, it just it looks a lot. Did better. they come sleeved or did you sleeve them? I sleeved them. Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, th- this is one of those games that I'm gonna sleeve. Oh yeah, just because you're. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. playing with cards and you know, God forbid that something spills on it or whatever, like. Um, right, and I, I guess if you, well, you know, maybe that's why they did that in season two. If you screw up a deck, you just got to buy that set again. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if you contact them, they might. Well, like, like, so I got a, a damaged uh, health wheel, right? Right, like out of the box, and so I contacted them. And they're gonna send me a new one, right? Um, but unlike season one, where oh, I messed up the samurai, I better buy the whole game again, right? You just buy oh, the, you're saying you could buy like the battle? You box. just buy two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true, and the battle boxes do come with the game trays yeah. as well. It's just those two. Yep, exactly. Very cool. Um, Great the, game. The updated rule book is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just puts all the abilities in there that have come out in Season 2? or No, so they actually like clarified a lot of the rules. Oh, it's like a little... Season right 1 was a little hard to read, um, and so Version 2 is much better. Okay, fair enough, um, yeah. They actually had proofreaders. That's cool they have seasons, right? I mean, it makes sense in, in games like of this magnitude. Yeah, like it's a it's a great system, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's magic especially, especially when it's open like that so you can have other designers create a character. Yeah, exactly. You know what would be a really cool thing if they did a uh, Overwatch characters of those? Like, I feel like a lot of them would fit. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Just because, like, the ultimate abilities and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, just that, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And the artwork kind of reminds me of it in some ways. I could see that. Yeah. That, like, heroic cartoon. It's the uh, American manga yeah. style of yeah. characters. Very neat game. Yeah. So we picked up that. We picked up Heroes Tales of the Tome. Tome of the Tales. It's a, a, a game we pre-ordered. Okay. So it's a it's a multiplayer combat game. Okay. And you're drawing from uh, a shared deck. So everybody is a unique hero, and then you draw from the same deck. Okay. Um. And it's very much like Magic and Hearthstone put together where, you know, you attack something, you get to pick what you want to attack. Um, you get mana every turn. Um, kind of cool. Angel was really into it. Um, I didn't get to play it. I just saw it being played. Didn't really tickle your fancy right Yeah. Um, I think it was, it was funny. So actually after we, we pre-ordered that, I said we can't buy any more combat games because – we had just spent a hundred dollars on on dice dice throw. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is the combat game. This right? is it. And is so, it going to be better? Probably not. Probably not. You know, uh, just to jump on that. You know what? Also, is similar to that, but surprised me a bit. That had a decent amount of people playing it. Epic. Yeah. White, White Wizard had a lot of epic players. That yeah. and Starfinder. Is that their other game? I think it's Starfinder. Is it Starfinder? Starfinder. Star. Star Realms. Star Realms. Yeah. Star Realms. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Star they, Realms is huge. And yeah. Star Realms just came out with the big box this year. Okay. Uh, which, funny, and complete aside, the Hero Realms Kickstarter just started for okay. the new expansion. Oh. Um, those those games get huge, dude. It's weird. Like, like they, I, they, they start small, right? Yeah. So... And it's just like like look at Smash Up, right? Smash sure. Up started in this tiny box, and now you need a box the a size PS of Scythe, box. yep, you know, to, to fit get it in, in there. But like I, and you know, here's the thing: like I really like Smash Up, but I like the theme of Smash Up more than the mechanic of it. Uh, I find the the counting a little cumbersome. Okay, in some ways. I can see that. But I like just having pirates and ghosts. Yeah, I like that. Epic. I've only played it. We we played it one time. I have it, and and the funny thing was, I'm like, oh, this game looks cool. I should buy it. I'm like. I have this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, well, we played it once. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. Did you see Doomtown? I didn't see it being played. I saw it being sold. What? I didn't see it being played. Dude, there, there, they had people dressed up like cowboys. Yes. <laughs> they had, they had two guys in the booth <laughs> dressed up as cowboys. Oh Jesus. Um, I thought I sent you that picture. I'm sorry. No. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, you should be sorry. Oh, man. You didn't see the car. You didn't see the cowboys. No. You know, I think I just had my eyes closed this entire convention. What convention did you go to? I don't did know. Did you go somewhere else? Yeah, the Brony convention. <laughs> what else did, did we buy? Oh, we went to the AG game night. Yep. And got their... Uh, Junta. <laughs> game, game swag box. Yep. And inside of it was Magical Treehouse. Haven't played it yet. Greedy uh, Kingdoms. Greedy Kingdoms. Train Makers. Train Makers. And then... Junta was a bonus. Junta. Junta. Junta, the card game. The card game, because there's a board game version of this, yeah. like, banana cartel game. So the only one out of those that we've played is Train Maker, which is a, a, pa- a press-your-luck, like... It's party Train game. Yahtzee. Yeah, it's Train Yahtzee. It's Thomas the Tank Engine Yahtzee. Um, I actually find it to be... It's fun... But it's not it's not a six player game. I can't you know I, and and my rule is I can't give a harsh judgment on something unless I've done it three times. Sure. And in the present company well not you, but at the game convention, I couldn't judge it. But I was just trying not to Yeah. You know. So I uh, the the way that I look at it right is I'm playing that game and it made sense to me. I can easily teach this to somebody, right? And they can go around a couple times and it all makes sense, right? It's cute. Yeah, I it, would never buy it. No, you already bought it. I I already bought. I'd never <laughs> buy another copy. Um, but I do think it's not a six player game. No, like they 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 market it as a two to six, but it's, it, it's you know it could be six players with trained conductors. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. There's just too much downtime because you you can't like there's not multiple roles happening. It'd be cool if you had it and if if you had two sets of train maker and you played it six players and you passed two sets of dice around almost make it like real time that'd be kind of cool like you had to like grab the card if you rolled it yeah 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 that could be neat that could be cool yeah i just think it's too slow at six it's real slow i think six. four would be fine it's like playing risk with six <laughs> yeah. well no it's like playing yahtzee with six. Oh yeah that's right that's yeah that's fair like yahtzee oh, yeah, is yeah, not yeah. a game i play at six Mm-mm. yahtzee's not a game i play <laughs> <laughs> but but i got fantasy <laughs> Um, yeah, you, you, so you picked up War Chest. Oh, okay. So I bought two, I spent money on two games there. I wasn't planning on buying, like, I was like, oh, I'll probably spend some money on some games. But the two games that really, I really disliked everything about them was the Cogs and Commissars. Mm-hmm. Because anything with, you know, Cold War, you know, communist propaganda. Sure. And robots. 
yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I'll buy this game. Hey, we have the deluxe edition. And I'm like, what's the difference? And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> and it looks really cool. And that's by uh, a game company. Okay. Atlas. Oh, Gloom. Yeah. By Atlas. Yeah. By that. By they make Gloom. Sweet. It, yeah. It's super fun. Uh, I played, you played it, it. I played it with a guy waiting to play um, Keyforge. <laughs> We're like, oh god, we gotta wait in this line. Might as well play that. And yeah, it's really fun. It's a um, the game's all about. It's basically like a counterspell game. You're countering cards. Oh, okay. And other cool. people counter cards, and you're trying to collect uh, these tokens worth different amounts of points. Oh, okay. Uh, but the funny thing is, you can't like there, there's a token that's worth three points and a token that's worth two, but they're not interchangeable. I can't. In- I can't just trade in three yellows oh, for a red. Okay. If I got a red, hey, it's worth three points. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's really cool, and it's full of puns. Okay. And uh, Yeah, so I like that. But my favorite game of the con that, you bought. that I purchased was, was War Chest. Yeah. Uh, that game is just, it's so cool to me. I don't know what d- did it, but... Um, it's I've the only, poker chips. Well, it's that, and it's just the simplicity of the... It's, the, it's iconic. Yeah. It's just, you know, little pictures that do things it's it is it's It's like an iphone app (laughs) it's just pretty to look at right and here it is and it's simple which is funny for somebody for somebody who's always like what's the theme what's the story behind it if you open the flap of this magnetic box i love magnetic boxes there's a whole story in the front yeah uh uh-huh uh-huh tell me tell me how much that that cycles into war chest so after i purchased the Um, it, it reminds me of like I don't know. Is this a like a classic medieval type of like war game, and yeah. that's what it is. The only the only negative about this game, it's not even really a negative, but it is very overproduced, extremely overproduced. You mean? Oh, I can see that. Right, like the poker chips feel great. Yeah, but like why they don't need to be in this big ass box? So I, I I'm really hoping they designed this box in this way. I could be completely wrong. Okay. When I unpacked the box and took out all the materials, mm-hmm. right? All the materials, except for the control markers, I don't like those because they're just cardboard punch outs. Mm-hmm. Really high quality. Yeah. Comes with a tray for each individual unit, but you have to pull all that shit out, get the, get the things out and put them in there and then put everything back in. There's a good inch and a half of just cardboard wasted space at the bottom of the box, hmm. but it's the exact amount for another tray. Oh, interesting. So I'm wondering... If later on they'll put in a expansion, I mean it's AEG. I'm, I they're bound to. Yeah, because then it would fit two smash up expansions a month. Right, right. And there's a whole podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so like it, it everything fits perfectly in there with room for one exact tray. Interesting. So I'm hoping that that'll be a thing. Yeah, probably. they could even release two half trays. Hmm, that'd be weird though. Honestly, the I think half trays would make more sense because right now with the tray in there, I can't like get it out. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? So if you have two half trays, you can pull those out. Yeah. That would be the smart way to do it, honestly. Interesting. But it plays great, and it's simple to teach, and it's just it's an elegant game all around. Yeah. So uh, we both bought Keyforge decks. Yep. Um, I didn't buy one. You didn't buy one? No, you bought two. Right. I bought two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played with the starter decks, right? Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they were, they were the Archon decks. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just didn't get to keep it? No, they had them at the table to play. Oh, okay. Yeah, they gotcha. they had they had they had like four or five ta- uh, decks at the table to teach, and then you walk away. Gotcha. It didn't cost anything, but just yeah. to learn it. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I want to play a game before I buy it, right. and it just there were things I liked about it, and you know, I only played it once. Yep. 
it just didn't didn't do it for me. Yeah, it's fun. It, it is one of those games though where like I can see it being super competitive, almost to the level of like a Magic or Yu Gi Oh or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, it seemed like yeah. Magic and I, I always compared to Smash Up. I don't know why. It just seems like the, Smash Up. It's not Smash. Well, up. Well, okay. Well, well. The reason I do think of that uh-huh. is it's just of the factions. <laughs> and but that's enough. Like I when I have this unique deck, when I think deck like with a theme, I'm like, oh, okay, like like in Magic, you have the tribal decks. Sure. But in this game, it's just a big clusterfuck of shit. It's just three factions shuffled together that aren't related at all. Correct. Yeah. That's not a theme. That's three things shuffled together. They never claim to be themed. Yeah, they're just unique. They're unique, yeah. They never claim to be themed decks. Yeah. It's Maybe not, that's right. It's it's not like going into a store, right, and buying the Planeswalker deck, mm-hmm. right? You're buying a Keyforge deck. Right, yeah. And I just couldn't get into the, I don't know. It just didn't. I like it. I'm not going to go deep into it. No. I've got a couple decks. Play around with it. That's I, all you need. It, here's the thing. It will be like, like currently, like when I'm making like a board game order, right? And yeah. I need to get to the $100. Might as well put in 20 bucks for a Keyforge deck. Right. Right now I'm buying sleeves. But like, yeah. replace that with a Keyforge deck. Might as well. Yeah. Online they're like seven bucks. Yeah. So. And you know, if I play it, I might just, I've only played it once. Yeah. That's the thing. It didn't hit me hard. Like right. War Chest. <laughs> but yeah. Um, the final game of the con that we bought. Okay. Oh yeah. Is Feudum. The 4.5 weight complexity? 4.5 out of 5 weight complexity. Is that more about the same as Twilight? Uh, I think Twilight's a 4.25. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, and I think, honestly, the only reason why Twilight is like that is because it has dice. If it didn't have a luck component, it would be heavier. Oh. There's some like weird algorithm where like, like luck, right? Lowers the complexity? Yeah, because it takes away your strategy. Oh. And you're relying more on luck. I like um, luck, even though I roll snake eyes. So I have opened that game, and I started reading the book. I then realized I was reading the German book, <laughs> <laughs> and had to start reading the English book. Which made less sense. Yep. The board is beautiful. Okay. The art and the whole, everything's beautiful. In All it. right. There's no insert. There's like, Ooh. that box is, is you know, like well, is three, it just that three much foot wide. No, it's, it's like empty. It's like three foot wide, and there's like probably six inches on each side of just empty cardboard. Fuck. Um, now I think they did that for all the expansions and stuff. Okay. And the board is just huge. Okay. Because um, I have read about because I was wondering like why Parker Brothers and other game they release that that long box for yeah. no reason. Yeah. It's just because that the box company that they order from makes set size boxes and it's cheaper to buy that long one than to get a custom order smaller. Well, one. you also like build in like shipping costs and things like that. Um, there's a whole, there's a whole science behind packaging, yeah. right? Um, some of my engineering friends actually went into like package engineering, which is like, how do you get the most strength with the least material that also fits well into like a cube? Okay. Um, and that's why most, like most games, right? When if you buy a case of games, there's six in there. Buy a case of games. Yeah. Okay. There's six inside. Like when you buy like magic booster boxes, there's six inside of a case. Okay. Okay. That's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. the magical number. No, uh, no pun intended. 
Did you just blow the conch? <laughs> <laughs> and s- summon the Indians? Um, so real quick, right? Let's talk about the games we played. Okay. Right? Yeah. Nushfjord. Oh, is that the name of the seduce the old elders and fish with them? <laughs> so this is an Uwe Rosenberg game. So obviously resource management, a bunch of tiny cards. Old men. Yeah. So you're, uh, I don't even know like what the story behind it is, but I know you're trying to catch fish. You're trying to chop down forests and you want to build up your, your town with this elder council. That's not what I got out of it at all. What did you get out of it? All right, my my feeling was, you have this brothel of old men, <laughs> and you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to seduce them, and they're really into fish. They have like a fish fetish, and if you could just flap these fishes in them in their faces, then they're they're down to, to clown. Interesting. Yeah, that made more sense to me than the forest aspect of it. Who won that game? And Chilton. I did. You did. I won that game. I did pretty well, though. Yeah. I remember getting, like, close. Yeah. Uwe Rosenberg is, you know, classic resource management guy. Um, <laughs> yep. I think I I liked it. It was... I, I, will I buy it? Probably not. Nope. <laughs> Fuck that. You'll never, you'll never play it again. I'll never... Well, those, those old men are pretty cute. <laughs> um, we played Reckoners. Um, I didn't play that one. Yeah, so Reckoners is the Bra- uh, Brandon Sanderson. He writes a book or a series of books about the Reckoners. Yeah. Um, and uh, was he involved with the game design at all, or I don't know. The company just picked it up. I don't know. I I do think. Um, oh no, he did. He did. He wrote content for it, um, which is cool. So it's a co-op game where you're trying. To, you know, it's it's you against against the. It's co-op. Yeah. Hundred percent co-op. And so it's it's your team against Steelheart, right? And so you're using your using these dice, and these dice are your actions, basically. Um, and so you take your uh, take your dice, you roll them up, and you're trying to defeat these epics and Steelheart all at the same time. Is epics like a big monster or like a they're boss just, mini they're just, boss? They're, they're like mini bosses. Okay. Yeah. If Steelheart is the boss, these are the mini bosses. Got it. If Steelheart is Bowser right mm-hmm. then these epics are the koopas oh, okay right there is a lot of teamwork required because you all have different powers you all have different strengths and weaknesses and uh while it was fun i d- i don't see us picking it up right it's is very it? it's very well produced yeah oh it looked cool everything is in game trays even like you use game trays in the game mm-hmm. everything just feels great the dice feel great even though they're screen printed they still feel great you know the, everything's nice and chunky and the minis are cool looking there's just some aspect that didn't click for you it's not one of those games i can see myself playing over and over again especially not at 80 dollars. right yep like i think it's it's a great price point for what they produced right yeah i can't see myself playing it that much sure um, I mean, why spend that much when you can easily pick up Fireball Island? <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. I'll see you later, Steven. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Tell them how much you loved Fireball Island and how you almost spent $125. I didn't. No, no, I did not even. I wasn't even tempted to buy it, but I did enjoy playing it. I wanted to sit down at this table and be like, look. I want to see what it, all the fuss is about. Yep. And I told you. I told you you needed to go play it. I played it for an hour straight. I yep. played the whole goddamn game. And you game. loved it. I did. I what did. was I your favorite part about it? Oh, boy. We didn't play with the expansions. Yep. But they showed us the expansions after we played it. Yep. Uh, my favorite part was 
not the oh i don't know if i'm gonna get the terminology right not dropping the uh cataclysms or whatever into into fucking volcano god but my (laughs) volcar volcar my favorite thing was flicking the marbles embers i i got really good at that i was like i was sniping bitches (laughs) tell 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 the audience about your new mechanic you came up with for the embers at the end of the game embers at the end of the game i don't remember what you're talking about when people leave the island, they get on to... Oh, oh yeah. So so I was asking the uh, the mod- uh, moderator, I guess, the guy teaching us how to play. I'm like, oh, so those guys got in the helicopter. Can I flick the ember into the helicopter? <laughs> and he got really excited because he's like, no, but that needs to be our next expansion where you can like hit the helicopter once people are safe. I'm like, no, you need to get a, an enemy helicopter that comes in and attack <laughs> another helicopter. Everyone has their own unique helicopter. Oh no. Oh, I, boy. Have it. I have okay, it. I'm ready. You ready? Yep. You get really crazy mm-hmm. and you have those, those, uh, the flexi arms, you know? Okay. Yep. And they hook into Volcar and they spin around <laughs> and you have to, you have to hit the, the helicopter out of midair. Oh my God. <laughs> and if, and, and the thing I love about that game is, if you do something by accident, like bump the table or hit something else, oh, too bad, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's very well produced. We've talked about this before. It's just not my thing. Well, it, you're paying for a nostalgic. Oh yeah, without well, a doubt. Yeah, it's like the people that buy the uh, NES classics, right? Yeah, there's really no reason for it. You're paying a hundred bucks to have a Nintendo yeah. controller, mm-hmm. basically. Um, it was fun to play. Would I buy it? No, no. I, would I? Would I enjoy it if I played it again? Sure. Yeah, but it's too expensive. Funny thing is, uh, my buddy Sean uh, hit me up on Facebook. He's like, "Oh, what game are you playing?" That reminds me of a game I played as a kid. Oh, that's funny. And I'm like, "Oh, it's Fireball Islands." Like I used to have that. I'm like, "Yeah," if because he has he has two toddlers now. I'm like, "If you want a choking hazard for your kid, <laughs> you can buy it. It's reprinted." That that sucks. You didn't get to play with a tiger. Uh, uh no, I I got to play with it after. Oh, you flicked it. Yeah, I flicked it and I threw the bees down. <laughs> And I'm like, why are the bees more damaging than these lava stones that are being dropped? <laughs> because you can dodge the lava stones. Like, in real oh, yeah, life. Yeah. But these you... are, like, bigger than me bees. Well, it's a swarm. Uh, yeah. Each one's a swarm? Yeah. Bees I mean, the, the whole honeypot in there. The tiger also comes out of the ocean, Chris. <laughs> you know what I didn't play? The only thing I didn't play, which makes me want to get it more now, is that fucking pirate boat. Oh, the, the, the separate board, yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think overall, um, definitely want to go again next year. Absolutely. Um, we'd love to hear if, if any of you guys were there, let us know We're yeah. we, we'd love to hear your experience and, uh, we'd love to know if there's any other cons that we should check out. You know, we, we are in Southeast Virginia. Absolutely. Um, anything within driving distance is definitely doable. Yep. Um, anything within flying distance, probably doable. Especially if you pay. <laughs> so until next time. Good beers. What? No, that's already done. Right. My computer died. Oh, no. I hope it's saved. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to visit us at tablehopspodcast.com, leave us an iTunes review, or visit us on social media at Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and email us your feedback and questions to tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, good beers, good games, great times! Fucking dick. Ah! No! How do I stop it?
Oh, wait, are you on Grinder? <laughs> not on Grinder. I'm trying to Bowser. Bowser, stop fucking. I'm trying to no stop. How do I hang up? Oh, you know what? How do I fucking hang up? Are you calling somebody? I'm fucking. Apparently, I'm. I uh, hi. I'm trying to not do this. Hi. Is that Angela? It was Angela and Jenny. They both answered. They're on the couch next to each other. Um. Uh, there we go. We just got home. We're trying to record a podcast, but failed.